To prevent suicide, we need to talk about it openly and honestly. While you contemplate moving toward that dark place, think of all the people who would be devastated. You may, may feel alone, and the world may seem hard and empty and hope a foreign concept. But I promise you, tears will be shed, hearts will be broken, and you'll be gone. There's nothing wrong with you. I am proud of you for making it another day. But you don't have to do it alone. There are resources available, and the help you need is just a phone call away. Dial 1-800-273-8255 and talk with someone today. There is a way out of this, and the first step is with that phone call. Thank you from all of us here at Epi After Dark. Remember, you are enough, you are seen, and you are loved more than you will ever know. Hey, Snack Packs, Epi here. Tune in on April 6th as we start our journey through the twisting labyrinth of the House of Opportunists on the series premiere of Epi After Dark. Available wherever you listen to podcasts and at epiafterdark.com. Hello there. It's 30 Questions with... Welcome to uh, another episode of 30 Questions With. Uh, my guest this week is actually the voice of the person you heard right before this episode started, before you heard the music. That was uh, my guest's voice. Uh, he is the host of the forthcoming brand new podcast on right here on the Joyful Warrior Network. Um it is entitled Epi After Dark, um, and I will let him explain a little bit about what that show is about. Uh, I can tell you that I'm super excited for this show. Uh, so please, friends all over the world, join me in welcoming the one and only Mr. Snack Packs. Hello, sir. Hello, hello. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited about this show. This is always something that I've wanted to do. So I'm newer to public health. Um, I'm not, I haven't been in the uh, like, let's do it all or let's do nothing and, and hope it gets better. I'm in more of the mindset of the more we do for the public, the better we can help the public. And so using a form of like education like this to tell uh, these, these kind of horror stories or campfire stories uh, about these, these nasty pathogens and ways that people can prevent them in ways that we can connect with people through uh, shared and lived experiences and ways that we can protect other people. It's really what At the After Dark is all about. And uh, yeah, I'm very excited and I, I can't wait for everyone to hear it uh, on the 6th of April. Yes. Um, so now let's um, let the listeners of this show get to know a little bit more about you. Um, all right. What is the most random thing on your bucket list? Ooh, one night stand with a celebrity and any celebrity at this point will do. But if just, you, if you had like top three, who, who would they be? Oh, um, 
Ryan Reynolds. Okay. Acceptable. Um, yeah. Tom Holland. And definitely acceptable. Definitely acceptable. And then somebody maybe a little controversial, perhaps. Marilyn Manson. Definitely Marilyn Manson. Like really weird, but kind of had a crush on Marilyn Manson when I was in high school. So maybe okay. that I know that one's a little weird at the end, but I mean just, just go with the flow because I'm just I'm full of weird shocks <laughs> and surprises. Uh, what is your go-to karaoke song? Um, probably Let the Good Times Roll by the Cars. Such a oh, good nice. song. Yeah, and everyone just kind of sings along with you because it's such a feel-good song that they just can't tell that you're a bad singer. So it works out perfect. Those are, those are always the best karaoke songs where like, <laughs> everybody gets involved. Yeah, definitely. Um, who, who was your favorite member of the Spice Girls? Oh, um, Baby Spice, Emma Bunton. Um, primarily because everyone thought she was like the dumb blonde, but she was incredibly intelligent and continues to be an incredibly intelligent force for like good and charitable services and acts across the globe. So definitely Baby Spice. She's, she's quite the uh, popular answer answer to this question it's usually either baby or scary are the two most popular answers um what is the most terrible thing that you watched all the way through either on television or on a streaming service where do i start um <laughs> i'd have to say i tried to watch at the beginning of the lockdown in 2020 a film on Netflix called Cadaver. And for the life of me, I still don't know what it's about. So Cadaver on Netflix is probably the worst thing that I've ever seen that I tried to watch all the way through. That's fair. That's fair. When you said at the beginning of the, the lockdown, I was sure you were about to talk about Tiger King. So that was really entertaining. And I tried not to be like everyone else and like obsess over it. But I just, I could not help myself. The the hot mess train wreck really, or of Joe, what is his name? Tiger Joe, I don't remember. Joe Exotic. Joe Exotic. I wanted to call him Joe Dirt, but that's uh, from a film, but yeah, no, Same he difference. just, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. And I think that's the point. No, he was just so fascinating and so interesting that this person, existed in the same time that I existed. I just, I, I, I don't know. It just cracks me up. <laughs> um, you, you've been given your own late night talk show. Uh, mm -hmm. Who's your first guest? Living or dead? Um, probably, I'm gonna have to go with Tom Holland just because one, he was my answer to number one, but also, <laughs> Um, I don't know. He just seems so fascinating. Like he has a good story to tell. Like he's not, I mean, he may be a little corrupted by Hollywood, but he's just so carefree and innocent. And I want to understand like how he's able to keep the carefree innocence about him in such a, like such an industry. I like that. Yeah. Um, in your opinion, um, what is the greatest Disney film of all time? 
in my opinion, probably the Lion King. Definitely yeah. the Lion King for me. But I mean, all, all of them, I mean, probably could be weighed against the Lion King with pluses and minuses, but well, maybe not like some of them, but <laughs> maybe not. But I mean, you know, Sleeping Beauty is probably right up there. Probably classic Disney would be Sleeping Beauty. Newer Disney would be Lion King. Yeah, I was going to say, did you see Treasure Planet? Because that's a terrible film. This is ter- that is a terrible film. Yeah, you're right. Uh, we kind of delved into this um, earlier, but do you have an unusual celebrity crush? Like somebody, when you bring it up, people are like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, and it's not Marilyn Manson. It's actually Tom Green, circa 1999, the Tom Green show. Yeah. Huh. He was just annoying and obnoxious and everything I hated. And it just, I instantly went, oh, oh. Am I am I into this? And I actually was. And now he's boring and kind of like not fun. But no, like in high school, it was Tom Green because he was annoying. And I liked it, but also hated it. So I don't know. Yeah, that's okay. definitely my what the what the fuck <laughs> celebrity crush would definitely be Tom Green. Underwear. Always on or only when you have to? Uh, always on. I have a nice collection and I like to wear them. It's just it's good, good hygiene too. <laughs> uh, what is something that you believe to be true, but almost no one agrees with you about? Um, that our education system isn't broken. We don't, need to f- we don't need to fix the education system. We need to fix the approach and standardize it rather than let students from Mississippi read at a third grade reading level and graduate high school and read, you know, in New York has a completely different system. So standardizing education across the country would be a lot better than trying to fix a system that really isn't broken. Okay. If you could have an entire theater to yourself and you could watch world, what would you pick? Pulp Fiction. I wanted to see it in the theaters when it first came out, and um, I was not allowed to for obvious reasons. Uh, I was only 11 years old, but I think that um, the film is one of my all-time favorites, cinematically, and um, the cinematography, and just the overall storytelling aspect of Pulp Fiction is is captivating to me, so I definitely would, would choose Pulp Fiction. That is an excellent film. Yeah. do you wash your legs in the shower always <laughs> always <laughs> wash my legs in the shower yeah if you could compete in any sport at the olympics what would you pick um badminton and um so i played badminton and tennis in high school and i was actually good enough at badminton to try out for the 2000 olympics team so I would have definitely went for that, but unfortunately I did not make it, but I could have. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. If Hollywood came knocking and they wanted to make a biopic about your life, who would play you? 
Luke Evans. Good answer. Definitely. I like that. Yeah, Luke Evans. He has better hair than I do, but I think it would definitely be Luke Evans. I can I can see that. I can yeah. see that. Yeah. It's the jaw. It is. Yes, it is, actually. The, yeah. Luke Evans, if you're listening to this, we've got yes. a project for you. Yes. Like the first, like the first part and maybe into the middle part of the the you know, my life isn't too exciting, but it's been very exciting lately. So you'll have fun with that I mean, part. You know, they have they have made biopics about some very boring people. So they really have, yeah. Yeah. They, um, yeah. You know, it's Stephen Hawking, incredible man, but Jesus Christ, the had movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nude beach or not a chance? Um, I've done it actually, and without a, without a doubt, um, uncomfortable for about 35 seconds and then just kind of go with the flow. Um, I felt very liberated by it, but I'm not really crude like that. So I think once once you get beyond the once you once you realize that nobody else there is looking at you, it's like, oh well, I mean, fuck it then. Like Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, and, and it's not even like staring at other people. A lot of the people there I didn't find attractive and it was just like <laughs> clothing off, right? And nobody was, I think the biggest thing for me is I was, I was young and I was with a couple of friends. We were probably in our like very early 20s, 22, 23. And it was just a nice environment. We like stripped down, we sun, we sunbathed and swam in the ocean and no one bothered us and let us, you know, have our life and, and do our thing and no one really cared. And that I think is the thing that you have to remember when you go to a beach like that is that people aren't there trying to cruise you. They're literally there trying to just have fun and enjoy themselves. So don't be too afraid. Definitely not like the movies. Absolutely not. What is the best piece of advice that you've ever gotten? The best piece of advice I've ever gotten so early on in my, I guess my life experience, it was raised by very conservative parents. And as I started to get out on my own and went to college, I realized that I didn't treat people of color the same way. And I was, I was curious why perhaps I treated, you know, my mom and dad treated people one way and, you know, they were very, I mean, by today's standards, very racist. And I asked someone, what happened? Like, how do I, how am I a better, how can I be a better ally to you? Just trying to understand that. And her response was, I shouldn't have to tell you how to act or treat me like a human being. Um, a true ally would acknowledge that I'm black or a black woman and, and a human being at the same time. So basically it was her way of saying, if I, I, I don't have, shouldn't have to tell you how to treat me because I'm a human being, the color of my skin is arbitrary to that. So um, I think that's the best piece. And that was what really kind of woke me up to the concept of white privilege and how white people, even when they try to you know, be an ally can oftentimes hinder the progress of the BIPOC community just by doing silly shit like that. So um, it, it was a very valuable lesson and it's taken me a long way. 
That's excellent. What is, in your opinion, the greatest television show of all time? The Get Down from Netflix. I watched it over and over and over. I think it's one of, I think the music just puts it like, it's a, it's a period piece in the late 70s. It's that fusion of like when kind of rock spun off into disco and um, like early, early freestyle rap and R&B. And it's just a musical odyssey. And I absolutely adore the music. The acting was good. And I was very upset that the show was canceled after two seasons. Yeah, that's definitely, that is definitely Netflix's loss because it, mm -hmm. it was a fantastic show. Absolutely. What is your guilty pleasure? <laughs> so oftentimes when I'm in public and I'm people watching, I will narrate the lives of complete strangers. As they walk, I'll be like, and the sad, pallid-faced woman got up, half-eaten chicken sandwich, and threw it in the trash. And I'll just narrate their lives. And oftentimes I find that I'm being maybe a little hypercritical of some people, but it's nice again, because then I can kind of check that behavior instead of like having preconceived notions about people, instead of calling them sad and pallid, I could say the overworked woman or something like that. Instead of making negative assumptions, make positive assumptions. And I don't know, it's not so much a guilty pleasure as it is like a keeping a check on my kind of awkward personality but also a guilty pleasure because sometimes <laughs> if aliens landed on earth tomorrow and offered to take you with them would you go take me off this rock i need to see something different i mean get me out of here <laughs> i would go and i well, i don't know i can i come back i mean i guess that's not part of the question but assuming i could come back then yes but assuming see, i could most people, uh, when I ask them that question, there's, they'll go, but there's always some kind of modifier, like, um, what do the aliens look like? Where are we going? Um, you know, most Don't people, we're, <laughs> we're, we're looking at, like, ET, ALF-type aliens. People are definitely down. But mm -hmm. if we're looking at, like, Predator and you know, from the alien films, then no, pass on that. Absolutely. If it's a, like a ship of xenomorphs, I'm staying right here and I'm just going to die with the rest of humanity. I'm definitely not going anywhere with them. <laughs> if you could commit any crime and get away with it, what would you pick? I'm a poor public health worker. So robbing like a bank or something so I could just have some, some funds. That's fair. That's victimless crime, I feel like. I mean, I kind of feel like it is. Like, I'm just stealing from the 1%. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's how I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna modify it. I'm gonna steal a little bit from the 1%. Like, full-on Ocean's Eleven heist of Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk? <laughs> Yes, all of them. I like that. Yeah. But then be selfish and not Robin Hood and give to the poor. I'm probably going to be selfish for a little bit and then I'll probably give to the poor. 
But I feel like well, that's the problem I mean, with money, though, is that it corrupts you because I'm thinking of all the things that I can do for myself. But then I start to feel guilty because there's so much I can do for everyone else. And so where's that balance if I were to steal from Jeff Bezos and um, Elon Musk and I you know, had an extra billion dollars sitting in the bank and I got away with it? Well, how can I help other people? Like, I think that's the thing that, I think that all billionaires and those 1% people probably have that mindset when they're poor. And then when they get rich, there's probably so much complexity that they're like, I don't want to know what that's about. I don't care. I mean, you could donate the interest off the money as it sits in the bank and then just spend the billion on you. And I mean, cool billion. I'm, I'm good with that. Uh, what is Whitney Houston's best song? Oh, um, probably. Probably her live version of I Will Always Love You. I think that was the first time I'd ever seen her like performance live. And I was just captivated by her almost instantly. Good answer. If you could bring back any fashion trend, what would it be? They're all gone for a reason. Um, probably men's short shorts from the 70s. Um, I wear them to work out and I understand like their functionality when like running or working out. Um, and I don't know, they're just, they were fun to wear and they're still fun to wear. So I guess that, that's probably the one like the least offensive one i feel like they should re-implement that into the nba first and then definitely. let it kind of trickle out into society yeah. yeah yeah definitely start with the harlem globetrotters get out to the the wider um nba and trickle on down to the uh everybody else i think that's a good idea what is Okay, so for this question, uh, your answer cannot be fuck. Okay. What is your favorite cuss word? Um, this is going to be a tricky one because fuck is my go-to. But I think I, like, I save all of my really special moments. I use the word goddammit. And the reason I do that is because my mom is super religious and it pisses her off when I say it. So it's like a, it's like a double victory. That's solid. I like that. Yeah. What is a film that most people hated, but that you love unabashedly? Mm. Um, you know what? I don't know if people hate it, but Invasion of the Body Snatchers is probably objectively one of the greatest horror films of all time. Um, and not only that, it inspired my upcoming podcast. Like, so it's really important to me and it guided a lot of kind of my creativity and imaginative like thought process. And it's not well remembered, though it does have a pretty, like the 1978 version has a pretty like iconic cast. And the film is just a really good like retrospective on like, changing and you can be yourself and you don't have to be the same boring person and i don't know that personality will take you places that you know being a whatever being 
par space parasite wouldn't. So yeah, but it inspired my first episode of the upcoming podcast. So I'm actually, I think that's probably the one I'm going to go with. I like that. Um, I actually, I, I do enjoy that film as well. Um, but it's kind of, it was kind of that first like true post Hitchcock, Hitchcock mm -hmm. suspense film. Absolutely. And you didn't know who was and wasn't. And it was always like, are they, is that the, are, is, is the parasite here? And I loved it because there are a lot of people that are just like flat anyway. And maybe they're, they're one of the people like waiting to come and like turn you and like liquefy you and turn you into a pod person. And it scared me. And one thing I found out later, and this again is one of the things that, that kind of drove this first episode. And I was thinking about it as I was kind of outlining it was I used to be terrified of invasion of the body snatchers because you die and they just take your like memory, but you don't get your personality or anything. Like you're dead and they just made a copy of you, but you have all the memories and you have everything. It's just that one little piece of you doesn't make it. And I'm like, wow, I used to be terrified that that would happen. And it wasn't until much later when I started to investigate specific parasites that there is actually a parasite that does do that. And it's in 30 to 50% of all humans in most every species of animal. And so I thought, well, that's a hell of a way to kick off a podcast about Epi After Dark. So yeah, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of like build everyone up, terrify them, and then put their mind at ease. Now, when you upload the first episode, um... So for the listeners at home, um, all of the shows on our podcast network are hosted in the same place. Um, so when Snack Packs uploads the first episode, I'm going to sneak into the website and listen to it before anybody else hears it. Um, because I've got, I've, I've, I've got to know now. Um, so we're not going to give any spoilers on this show, uh, but just know that I'm going to hear the episode before yeah. you do. And also, um, I did release another trailer today specific to that episode, so I didn't say anything that's outside of that trailer. Now I'm going no to have to listen to that, too. Yes, it's actually really good. What is, what is the, the one film that you could and maybe have watched over and over and never get sick of? The Devil Wears Prada. Yes. I love Meryl Streep. I love, well... I don't know if I love Anne Hathaway in that movie or in the film, but I love their dynamic. I love their pairing. Um, I think the movie is just, the film is, itself is so well done. It's so beautiful and it captures the a hatred and ugliness of the fashion industry while highlighting beauty that these designers create. And there's so much that happens that I'm, I'm truly like, excited about it like every time I watch it there's always a new detail that I find or there's something that inspires me um yeah no I definitely the devil wears Prada without a doubt I um I completely agree that is absolutely uh a film that I could watch a thousand times and never get sick of um I I tried to read uh the book um and the subsequent sequel to the book. Um, 
if they're not good. I don't, I don't like them not one bit. <laughs> I also made an attempt and usually I can read through something and I'm like, it's not very good, but let me just, let me get through it in case there's ever a discussion where someone brings it up and I'm like, oh, I can contribute. I don't think anyone would ever bring that up as a, as a conversation starter. Um, and I would say exactly the same thing. I found it very uninspired compared to the film. And I think it's one of those times where the adaptation from from um, uh, page to film or page to screen was very exceptionally well done. Yes. If you were writing your, speaking of books, uh, if you were writing your autobiography right this minute, uh, mm -hmm. what would the title be? The title would be... <laughs> I'm sorry, did you say TikTok? <laughs> because I've grown, <laughs> I've, I've amassed a very nice, a very comfortable following on TikTok and it's completely unexpected. And I don't know, like a, I, I started a year ago and it was slow going. I wasn't sure, I was like, what is, what is this app? Like everybody's on it. I need something that's not the pandemic every day which turns out TikTok is all pandemic all the time by summer 2021. Um, but I needed something that was different. And they're like, oh, TikTok is like, it's dancing and you just lip sync to things. I'm like, perfect, that sounds great. And I started making content about this time last year. And I was like, what, like, what a piece of crap this app is. It's such a waste of time. It's just complete garbage. No one's ever gonna come on here and find me. And I'm like, that's perfect. I can be dumb and just like, you know, do all these like ridiculous things that I want to do. And then the Delta variant came around and people were just so anti everything to do with COVID. They didn't want any part of it. We had just gone through like holiday and we had decreased in our cases and like, it was nice. I mean, no more masks and people, there weren't news reports of people dying every day and, and people just changed. And I made a, I made like a, hey, by the way, you know, cases are rising again and you guys have to be careful. And I was viciously attacked by all right TikTok. And to the point where I was like, whoa, this is absolutely, I'm like, I'm deleting my app. Like I put my phone in another room. It was so toxic. And then I woke up the next day from that video and I had 500,000 views and had gained 20,000 followers overnight. And it was people like many of the people who are still my friends now who went in and would fight against all of that. And so having that little community and having that little close knit connection, it really allowed me to thrive and, and, and you know, kind of move forward with it. And um, I tell people and they're like, what, what do you mean TikTok? Like that's for like kids. I'm like, maybe it was once, but I think it's for everybody. And I think, it really is a great opportunity to be seen and heard. I, um, I've said this before on, on, on one of my shows. Uh, I, I joined TikTok like right at the peak of election season and uh, back in 2020 um, and was, was heavily involved in uh, political TikTok. Uh, and it surprises a lot of people when I tell them that from about August to Inauguration Day, uh, 
it was I was getting at least one or two death threats. Um, yeah. So I mean, TikTok's a wild place, uh, but I I have met some really cool people on TikTok, and I I definitely would not trade the good for the bad. Um, no, absolutely not. And the death threats from Thanksgiving all the way until probably Valentine's Day, at least two or three. Um, I've had to yeah. um, call the local police in my area because I they I get docs probably once a week, and so they know, and they'll just call over and be like going to go on a shooting rampage or anything um and they do have to officially come over but i mean it's a weekly thing and so it, it really it's really worn me out to be honest um i never expected to be this person that would be able to fight misinformation and unify people on tiktok or the internet in general but now that i am it, it's more than I bargained for and way more than I asked for. I mean, I wanted to make thirst traps and like, you know, attract <laughs> people. That's what I went on there for. And like, I wasn't going on there to be like an advocate and activist. And all of a sudden I found myself in this position where my, my community was like, Hey, this is going on. We need to act on this and you can do it. And I was like, I'm just like a dude. I don't mean anything to anybody. And then I guess I, I do. And so yeah, I mean, it, it's it's the honor of a lifetime, but it still confuses the hell out of people. Yeah. What is your favorite Christmas song? Oh, Holy Night. Um, I love, I don't know how it, the song goes. I just like the, the beat, or not even the beat, but like the melody of the song. It's very enchanting and kind of like, I don't know, frosty, like full moon on snowflake kind of vibe is what I get. So, I mean, I just, I love the song. I think it's, it's nice. So yeah, definitely. Is, is there a particular uh, artist's version of Oh Holy Night that you like more than others? Um, you know, I think they're all, the, the beauty of the song is you can change octave and key and register of that song and it still sounds beautiful. One of my favorites last year was actually the Kelly, or not Kelly Clarkson, um, the other American Idol. Um, She's the only one I recognize. So. I know, yeah. Carrie Underwood. Um, oh, okay. She, she does a version that's not like twangy country music, but it has a really good, I don't know, something, something to it. I, I have no clue, but it, it was the one I gravitated toward last year. If you had an extra $20 to spend on yourself and you had to spend it on yourself, but you mm -hmm. could not buy food, what would you buy? Um, I'd probably buy a new phone case cover because the one I've had is like falling apart and broken. And I keep telling myself, if I had a few extra bucks this month, I can buy a new phone cover. So that's probably what <laughs> I would spend it on. Okay. Uh, do you believe in the afterlife as a man of science? No. Um, you know, people should stop trying to reach paradise um, when you're already there. Um, and that's not to say there isn't a God, right? Like, I, I can believe in that. But I'm pretty sure that most of the people who think they're going to heaven are not on God's, like, 
party list. Like they are not on the list. They're gonna get there and the velvet rope is not going to open for them. Um, if there is an afterlife at all, and I don't, I'm not saying that there is, I don't know what my specific belief is. As a man of science, I know that I have beliefs that are maybe counter to the, the evangelical sect of this country, but I also think it's okay to have some spirituality, something to make you go, well, when I'm gone, I'm gone and that's it. Um, and I, I think it's very fascinating that other animals that don't have higher intelligence. They're not afraid to die and they know when they're dying and they'll just go off and do it. And we're, we fight it with everything we can. And I think that's a very interesting process that the human body has adapted to that we don't want to die. And a lot of that is driven by our higher intelligence. And I think that we have created a life after death, a paradise, if you will, to help ease us into that um, that process, but no, I don't think there is in, in the sense of like go to heaven or hell. Um, I don't know what it is and I don't think it's knowable, but I'm fairly certain there is something. It's just not what we believe. So. Um, follow up to that. Uh, mm -hmm. so hypothetically, let's say that yes, there, yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus. Um, <laughs> there, there is in fact a heaven. Mm -hmm. um, what does that look like for you? So I gave a, like, a, I'm not, there's no lifting up of the velvet rope and it's literally like a nightclub. And all I can hear from the outside is like a Donna Summers, I feel love playing. And you walk in and it's everything you've ever wanted. And it's not just like an LGBTQIA community. It's our allies and our friends and the people that we wanted to be around in life and the people that make fun of us, they go to a different place. <clears throat> the people that want to hurt us, they go to a different place and we can be separated um, in those, those things that drive us apart. And I know it's like very anti whatever, but I mean, there are just our people that I don't want to be around. Like I said, I was raised very conservative and I don't want to be around those people. They make me uncomfortable. Their, their thought process, they're just wired different. And I couldn't imagine being a human and going to heaven and seeing like a flock of conservatives there who were just going to call me fag as soon as I walk down the, you know, walk through the pearly gates. I, I just don't see that as being like my version of heaven. Like, I just don't think that's, that's what heaven is. So I think it's just surrounding yourself with those people who you connected with on the deepest levels and who you wanted to be around in life if they're gone already or if they are coming to whatever the heaven is. Um, so yeah, I think that's what it is more than anything. Um, a big nightclub in the sky that's always hopping and everyone is happy and I don't know. It's hard to say. It's such, it's so existential that I can't, like I can just keep building upon it forever and it will be something, but Eventually, I think it would turn into something that actually existed and I can be like, oh, I have that right downtown that I can go to anyway. So kind of loops back full circle. Stop trying to get to paradise when you're already there. I, I like the idea that um, heaven is kind of Studio 54. Yeah, I, definitely. I'm, I'm here for that. Yeah. If you had to delete all but three apps from your phone, 
and mm -hmm. like the ones that came like preloaded like messenger and maps and shit like that that all stays this is okay apps that you've downloaded okay um which three do you keep Ooh, okay instagram tiktok grinder that's self-explanatory solid answers those are hey those are solid answers I mean, that's where I spend most of my time. Well, TikTok <laughs> and Instagram specifically. <laughs> Grinder is a, a different kind of experience in social media. It's, it, it's an experience. Well, for, for those that aren't familiar with Grinder, just know it's an experience. Um, and we'll leave it at that. <laughs> hmm. And the final question uh, for this episode. What is one question you wish I had asked you and how would you have answered? Oh, I like I struggle with this question because I don't know, but I'm going to just selfishly selfish or selfishly self plug my podcast and say is there anything you're looking forward to within the next few weeks to which I would answer yes. <laughs> and the reason I, I'm kind of plugging myself with that or plugging my podcast is because it's been a lifelong dream. I've always wanted to kind of be this badass health educator, like fashion icon, and use my voice to, you know, take that fear and that shame of, of being different, but still having a health condition and turn it into something that empowers you rather than makes you different or makes you weird or makes you like a loser or whatever, um, and ultimately entertain people. And so this podcast means like everything to me. And like, I've poured myself into it for the past like month and a half or so, just trying to get the concept right and all of the stuff right. And it really shows, like it really is a reflection of, I don't know, years of trauma, but years of, of having a vivid imagination and just everything that I've ever wanted to tell in a story is now coming into this story. And it's going to be, it's going to be epic, I think. And I mean, I'm biased, obviously, but I think it's going to be pretty exciting. Well, coincidentally enough, um, <laughs> here, here we are at the end of the show. Uh, this is usually uh, the portion of the show where I allow the guests to, uh, plug something that they have coming up. Um, but you've already done that. Uh, but you are more than welcome to do it again uh, if you want to drop your socials uh, so the folks listening all over the world can uh, give you a follow. I highly recommend you do. Absolutely. Um, so like I said, Epi After Dark premieres April 6th anywhere you listen to your podcasts or at epiafterdark.com. Um, you can find me on social media. Um, TikTok is my primary home. You can find me there at snackpacks.epi. Um, that's S-N-A-C-K-P-A-X dot E-P-I. Same on Insta and Twitter, just without the dot between the packs and epi. You'll find me. You find me on one, you'll find me on the rest. And I will uh, leave those uh, social media handles in the episode description uh, for, for everybody. Um, and again, please, please um, listen to Epi After Dark when it drops Wednesday, April 6th. Um, that is a 
about four days away from when this episode airs. Um, I can, I'm going to tell a little story real quick before we go, since we're hyping up uh, your very first episode. Um, the way that uh, the Joyful Warrior Podcast Network works is that before we take on a new show, uh, we, we, whoever is presented with the idea will pitch it to uh, the other members of the network and, you know, we'll vote and, you know, have it out. It's all, you know, very democratic in the way we do it. Um, when Snack Packs pitched this show uh, to me, uh, thanks to our mutual friend, Tracy. Hi, Tracy. Um, Hi, Tracy. She, she sent him my way. Um, and so I presented it to the network at our monthly meeting, as we do. Um, and I can tell you that the other members of the network are also very, very excited for this show. Uh, they were very excited just from the pitch. Uh, so please know that as your first episode airs in a little more than a week from when we're recording this, um, mm -hmm. you, you have lots of people who are already rooting for you, sir. Um, so. I, yeah, I am. Um... I wasn't sure at first. I was like, I think, I don't know if I have it. And everyone on my like TikTok lives would be like, oh, you should do a podcast. I'm like, podcast. I'm like, like, oh, that's not what I want. Like, who does a podcast anymore? And I was like, oh, apparently everybody is doing them. And then <laughs> I was like, oh, everybody's doing them. It's going to like, it's going to bomb and no one's going to listen to it. I'll get like one view. And then my followers on TikTok were like, oh my God, we can't wait. And they're already subscribing and sending me screenshots of them listening to my podcast trailers on their radios. And they're like, look, you're on the radio. And I think it's going to be something that that's going to be pretty awesome. I think people will genuinely like it. I think they're going to like the storytelling aspect um, that gets woven through. Um, it's going to be sort of a two story and one sort of thing that um, no one's really heard about yet. Um, but yeah, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be great and I'm really excited for it and I'm just wrapping up the first episode now and I'm going to start listening back to it to, to make sure that it flows right. Um, but yeah, um, I, I think I'm ready to go. I'll let it set and kind of marinate over the next weekend and then be ready on Wednesday, Tuesday at 1159. I will hit that upload button. <laughs> so just one more time, folks. Wednesday, April 6th, is the world premiere episode of Epi After Dark. Um, I haven't heard the first episode yet. I'm going to hear it before all of you hear it. Um, it's, I have no doubt it's going to be fantastic. It's an event you're not going to want to miss. Um, sir, thank you so much uh, for coming on the show. And, mm -hmm. you know, anytime you'd like to come back or visit, one of the many other shows in the network. Um, give me a shout. We'll make it happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And um, yeah, I'm, ex I'm so excited. So um, we'll see what happens. But thank you. I appreciate it. The 
30 questions with is a dollop of trollop production in association with spring break 83 productions and the joyful warrior podcast network